Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, conditions apply. See website for details. Do you complain of postpartum muffin top or maybe even jelly belly? These may be signs of a physical condition that is common for moms of multiples called diastasis recti. I'm Cindy Fury, physical therapist and founder of Comprehensive Therapy Services, here to talk about recovering from diastasis recti. This is Twin Talks. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Well, welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting a new parents of twins. I'm your host, Christine Stewart-Fitzgerald. Now, have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. You can subscribe to our monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. And another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app. It's available for most smartphones. So before we get started, uh, let's talk to our panelists in the room and introduce ourselves. I'll, I'll start and I say, I've got uh, identical twin girls who are five years old, almost, and a singleton uh, who is 20 months old. And I'll, you know, I'll say that um, I had no idea what a diastasis recti was until I had them. And I remember that the doctor and midwife, um, you know, basically said, yeah, you've got some separation. And uh, I did a lot of research and, and I still have some even today. There's there's a little bit of a space and gap going. Mm. So, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm Sunny. Um, I am the owner of New Mommy Media, which produces this show, as well as Parent Savers, Preggy Pals, and the Boob Group. I have four children. Um, my oldest are boys. I have a four-year-old and two-year-old boys. And then I have um, identical twin girls who are seven months. And I had never heard of this, Christine, until you brought it up as an episode topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually very, very curious about this now because after I had my girls, I noticed that my belly just overall looked different. Now, granted, okay, you just had twins, whatever. But I feel like I have a little girl belly now where it sticks out more at the top because you always kind of have your gut or whatever. You know, after you have a kid. It's that's your gut, right? But like now, I feel like when I was a little girl, it was more of like a you know three month when you're when you're pregnant around three or four months, you kind of have that little roundness, and mm-hmm. I feel like I've got a little girl belly now. So I'm wondering <laughs> if that up here is sticking out more because of this. Hmm. So we can talk about that later. Yes. Too. Yeah. Anyway, and Shelly. I'm Shelly. I'm the producer here at Twin Talks. I'm also a high school history teacher. I have two children. They're boys, and they will be two 
um, in a couple weeks, my goodness. Um, and I'm currently pregnant with my third. So I have no idea what my stomach looks like because <laughs> I've just been pregnant or postpartum or pregnant again for so long. But uh, um, eventually I think I'll find it again. And I'm, I'm definitely interested to see if this has affected me. I wanted to let you guys know also about our virtual panelist program. So you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Twin Talks. But if you want to participate in the conversation, you can use the hashtag Twin Talks VP to be kind of a virtual panelist panelist where you can answer questions, ask questions from the comfort of your own home. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, well, we have a special twin oop story for you. These are the funny stories that you guys love to share with us about your amazing parenting adventures, parenting twins. And this one's kind of funny. Um, This one comes from Leslie of Louisiana, and she writes, My in-laws were visiting over the holidays, and we put them in our five-year-old twins' room where there's a queen-size bed for the first time, and the twins slept on an air mattress in our room. They stayed for one week, and on the last night, one of the twins, Ella, was sitting by her grandma, looking kind of sad, and asked, are you staying one more night? And the grandma replied, no, tonight is the last night. And Ella suddenly said, good, I want my bed back. (laughs) Amazing things that our twins say, right? So if you have a funny twin parenting story or you want to share something funny that your twins did, please do so. We would love that. You can send us an email or you can reach out to us through our voicemail, which is 619-866-4775. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, today's topic is recovering from diastasis recti, um, also known as diastasis recti. And I'm so we're, we're probably going to hear a lot of different vari- variations of that. So uh, please tomato, correct me. Tomato. <laughs> it's pronounced either way. Diastasis rectus or diastasis rectus or short. DR. DR. And DR maybe we'll sure. use DR just to <laughs> keep it simple. <laughs> and you, today we're, we're talking with Cindy Fury, who's here to help us understand what an expectant twin mom needs to know um, in uh, if she may have diastasis recti and also for the moms who have been diagnosed postpartum. So uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. First of all, before we talk about diastasis recti, I know postpartum, you know, there's so many different complaints that uh, women have after giving birth. I mean, realize like how much the the body has had to adapt to carry mm-hmm. those babies. And I'm just always amazed at, um, you know, how much it from from every system within the body. What maybe just touch on what are some of the different um, types of 
dysfunctions or, or conditions that you see in your practice? Well, let me start with this. Once you're pregnant, everything changes. Everything in your body changes. Hormones change, digestion changes, posture changes, everything changes. That being said, some of the biggest conditions we treat at the clinic um, are incontinence, both urinary incontinence and fecal incontinence. Um, we certainly treat um, just difficulty recovering, uh, especially with conditions of pain. So low back pain, sacroiliac pain, hip pain are very common, let alone all the conditions of pelvic pain. Um, pelvic pain may go along with just how the baby was delivered. Um, and uh, it may also go along with things like um, episiotomies or tears or pelvic organ prolapse or something like uh, a disruption in the pubic symphysis. And that can lead to difficulty even with walking. Ooh. <laughs> so we treat all kinds of things. Um, we treat low libido and dyspareunia, pain with intercourse. Uh, we also treat um, fractures, um, which uh, twin moms are much more susceptible to. So we see sacral fractures, pelvic fractures, even just stress fractures. Those little babies are just leaching the calcium right out of your bones. So if you go back to exercise too soon or your um, actual labor and delivery was tougher than expected or you have been on bed rest, you have a higher risk of fractures. So we're working on getting those moms back in shape as well. So the list is long. Plus there's just orthopedic conditions. Um, postpartum, lots of shoulder pain, elbow pain, wrist pain, even thumb pain. And a lot of that comes from lifting the baby or how you're actually breastfeeding the baby. So posture has a lot to do with it. So we do a lot of education on all these topics for all of our moms. And do most of your patients, um, do they come in referred from either their, their doctor or midwife or how do they, they get in to see you? Um, well, here in California, you can actually just, a lot of people just find us on Google. So we're out there. Um, you can Google a physical therapist. But here in California, you can actually just come in um, for the first 45 days or 12 visits. You can actually go get treated by a physical therapist. There's no prescription needed. Oh, that's great to know. However, so in order for it to be re reimbursed by insurance companies, um, it's about 50-50. Who reimburses with a prescription or who actually requires a prescription? At my clinic, we call and verify on all insurances, so there's no surprises. Um, but you can be referred from your physician. Um, we know a lot of midwives. We know a lot of doulas. We know chiropractors and acupuncturists. We get referrals from all resources. And of course your BFF, girlfriends, best <laughs> referral source ever, right? Especially if they've been through it. So that's how they find us. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Now, I know one of the, the most common complaints after giving birth, um, I mean, I, I know fraction, excuse me, fractures maybe aren't as common, but I know a lot of, I hear constant complaints about, okay, you know, I've got this muffin top or the jelly belly or the twin skin and, you know, looking pregnant. Um, so is, is that um, a function of, you know, losing, you know, losing weight, they just need to lose more weight? Or are there other components that we're not aware of? Well, there are other components. Unfortunately, one of them is genetics. So <laughs> what did your mom look like? Or at least you could, I suppose you could blame your mom, you know, <laughs> you have the same body type. But a lot of it has to do with genetics in relationship to how you carried, 
how much weight you gained, and what is the elasticity of your tissue? How much collagen do you have? How much elastin do you have? And so what is that skin and that connective tissue gonna do? Is it gonna split and separate? And if it does, can it repair itself? Or um, is that skin just really loose? Is it having a hard time coming back? So that's the genetic factors. Um, other things are history of um, obesity prior. Um, smoking plays a huge role. Prior history of smoking. Really? These days, you know, For your skin. we're not smoking during pregnancy, right? <laughs> but so those days are hopefully long gone. Um, however, if you have a history of smoking, some of the damage may already be done. And so you lose the oxygenation of that tissue. And so it can be slower in recovery or just have a difficult time. Um, when it comes to actual diastasis rectus, though, um, the studies are still being done on why it's actually happening. So again, it might be genetics. It might be a loss of collagen or elastin. But um, uh, some people relate it specifically to twin moms because you, they're bigger, right? I mean, you're carrying two, so you would expect that wall to split. But I have some teeny tiny moms, even with singletons, and they've only gained 20 pounds and they still split. Wow. So sometimes it's also a um, dysfunction related to body mechanics, mm -hmm. how you're breathing, how you're lifting, um, how you developed, um, but even things like chronic constipation. What? Really? <laughs> I know. I know. And isn't that uh, just a bummer that kind of goes along with pregnancy sometimes? <laughs> But with constipation comes a lot of bearing down. And the more you push, the more risk you run of things splitting. Oh, my god! Whether it's your pelvic floor, I hate to say it, or the abdominal wall. Well, I, I mean, so, yeah. I, I've heard, yeah, when you're, you know, going that you shouldn't strain yourself too much. Right. But so I would have no idea that it would be related. You to know, once that. in a while, not a big deal. Yeah. But if it's a chronic condition you've always had it or you push and push and push it can be tough and not just it's not necessarily a dr thing but it can be a pelvic organ prolapse thing wow yeah now, now let's take a step back i mean just can we explain for you know the the average person i know a lot of us this um just the concept of diastasis recta it's it's you know it's a big word but i mean what is it exactly and how does it happen so um Diastasis um, rectus is a split of the abdominal wall right down what we call the connective tissue called the linea alba. So it just tends to separate. It tends to separate more right at the belly button or umbilicus um, or umbilicus, depending <laughs> where you're from. Um, but it can also happen above that or below that. It can happen all the way up to your rib cage or as far down as your pubic bone. So this is, this is the right, the, the midline mid right of your abdominals. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it just tends to separate on some people. And when we when we say so when we say separate like kind of just you know visual here that um, we're having oh <laughs> like <laughs> that we have um, like literally if you can imagine like like a kind of a, the wall is sort of just opening it up opens. a little bit yeah, yeah it opens and splits and um, the problem lies is that if it's big enough um, one your organs can actually come through it. Yes. So that can be um, that can be very problematic for GI dysfunction, um, and it can also be very painful. Um, but two is the bigger um, quality of life issue of low back pain. So your core 
Core is a very fancy, popular term these days in exercise, but including your entire abdominal wall and your back and your pelvic floor and your diaphragm, they all work together to keep things contained and solid. When there's a split in the core, whether it's diastasis or a condition of the pelvic floor or a low back injury, the whole core kind of crumbles. Picture a soda can. If the soda can is closed and the top is on and it's closed, you can't squish that soda can. If you jumped on it, if you threw it, it, it just it doesn't budge, right? That can is solid. Mm-hmm. The minute you pop the top, even if the liquid is inside, now it's crushable, even with your hands. So that would, that's kind of an analogy of what happens in our system. So if the diastasis occurs, the low back pain may not happen immediately, but what we're seeing is years down the road, there's a really high correlation between low back pain herniated discs, degenerative disc disease, sacroiliac dysfunction, all of that low back pain and the occurrence of diastasis. Wow. So are you saying then that women might experience pain in in some form of their low back pain and it might be years, I mean, their kids are, you know, four or five years old and then they go in and it could be related to childbirth years earlier. Right, so that's what we're trying to figure out now in studies. So right here in San Diego, there are two studies currently going on. So the Navy is actually doing a study on elective surgical repair of a diastasis. And then how does it improve their quality of life? Does it improve their pelvic floor? Does it improve their low back pain? Can they become more active? So that's one study. The other study we're doing here, um, part of my clinic and part of San Diego State University, we're now recruiting moms um, either while they're pregnant or recently postpartum and measuring their diastasis, um, either finger width test, um, calipers, or ultrasound. We can actually do a real-time ultrasound and measure the actual separation. And then teaching them, teaching them body mechanics, teaching them the proper exercises, um, and using some other techniques, one specifically called kinesio tape, to pull those muscles back together. Because we really, we see clinically that conservative care really works well. We have to prove it scientifically, though. But the numbers are out there. The statistics are very high. 60% chance of diastasis rectus in our lifetime. Really? 60% chance. 60%. And this, this 60%. is women only or men and women? Men and women included oh in that statistic. Wow. But um, Jill Bossano did a study at an OBGYN office where she just measured. Everyone coming in, you're prenatal, you're postpartum, we're going to measure. And her statistics were in second term, 27% of women had DR, okay? That's just second term. Third term, the numbers increased to 66%. Postpartum, the numbers were 53% of women had diastasis. And that's in an OBGYN office. Now, fast forward, Tracy Spitznagel, another physical therapist, worked with her urogynecologists. So urogynecology, you see everything. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're doing a lot of incontinence and prolapse and all those kind of things. She measured women coming in of all ages, and the incident was 53%. So over 50% of women just in urogyne. So that's that's the connection that we're trying to figure out. So is the diastasis contributing to all these other dysfunctions because we kind of think it is. So mm-hmm. we uh, it's always treatable as far as we're concerned mm-hmm. and we always check for it and I teach all my PT students they have to check for it. Wow. And yeah. and when we talk about, you know, these different studies, I mean, these are uh generally measuring, you know, women with 
I mean, any kind of pregnancy. So probably mm-hmm. majority are going to be singleton pregnancy. Now, I would imagine in having a twin or multiple pregnancy, right. the incidence is much higher. It's worse. I, I'm sorry to say it, ladies, but everything is tougher with twins as far as <laughs> physically on your body. Yes. You know, whether we go back to talking about stress fractures or we talk about diastasis, your body is just going through a lot. You know, it's a bigger stretch. So it's, it'd be more important to get... To get checked. To get checked. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have to say... And um, not, over, not every OBGYN office checks. Yes. In fact, they rarely check. So mm-hmm. that's why you really do want to pop in to a physical therapist and say, hey, I'm pregnant with my first, second, fourth, you know, whatever pregnancy. I really want to get this checked. Or even postpartum recovery. Just get checked. It only takes a second. That is, a, that is a really great point because I think I, I didn't know what the you know, diastasis recti was until afterwards and there just wasn't a whole lot of information out there. And I would have loved to have more um, proactive treatment, you know, sure. during the pregnancy. Sure. And I think you're right. I, I know in, in my experience, I mean, you know, my provider did never talked about it. So I don't know how much awareness was there. Probably none. <laughs> yeah. And no, I'm so trying. I'm so trying to get to those med students yeah, so as fast I can. Hopefully that's what we're doing here too. So what you're saying is, I mean, twin moms, once the babies come, there's not a whole lot else on their mind except for sleeping and feeding for quite a few months, right? right. So so you're saying that a mom who's currently pregnant with twins could come see you and say, Absolutely. how are things looking? Maybe get a referral while she's still pregnant, set up those appointments ahead of time, um, and make sure, you know, kind of get it on the calendar, get it on the priority list, and so so that she knows to exactly. take care of it postpartum. I mean, really, the best treatment for this, and what I teach my PT students, the best treatment is prevention. It shouldn't get this bad. You know, we need to do more research, but we also just need to get out there and educate women. You can actually test yourself. So the test is actually quite simple. So if you lay down on your back. Okay. And you take three fingers and push them down on your belly button. Okay. okay? Your head has to be flat. Your knees should be bent, but you're flat on the floor. Okay. Okay. You put your three fingers in your belly button, and then you kind of wiggle them side to side. You're really feeling for the muscles on either side. Okay, so you just kind of get an idea of what that feels like. And then you lift your head off the floor. Once you lift your head, again, you retest side to side. Hopefully, you're at two fingers or less fit between the walls of the abdomen, okay, the, the muscles there. If you're two fingers or more, then that's it. Then you have the diastasis. So ah. then it's split. And then once you've done that, you really do. You want to rest your head again and then scoochie up a little bit and palpate about halfway between your rib cage and your belly button and test there. And then rest your head again, palpate again, maybe go up to your rib cage and test it. It's split there. And then test again below the belly button and then down towards the pubic symphysis as well. So you really want to get an idea of... Is it the whole linea alba that's separated and split? Or is it really contained to just the umbilicus? Or is it a little bit above and a little bit below? Because the severity does predict how well you're going to recover from this. Mm -hmm. But the sooner you find out, the more you can do. 
Now, let's say, I mean, a, a twin mom, you know, did that. Let's say she's she's pregnant or or maybe even postpartum and says, you know what? I, I can feel there's seems like there's a gap right there. And I gap. think I need I need some treatment. What would she do to, you know, to find someone who can help her um, get treatment? I mean, in, in her area. I mean, I know if she can't come to you directly. <laughs> right, right. Not everyone can come to sunny San Diego. But um, if you're in the area, that's great. You can certainly hunt us down. But if not... Um, you want to look for a physical therapist, go online, and the easiest thing to do is type in physical therapy, uh, pelvic medicine, or um, pelvic physical therapy, um, because 99% of the pelvic floor physical therapists out there do treat this. Um, you can look for other physical therapists, but there's no guarantee that all of them treat um, diastasis rectus. So you really want to look for those pelvic PTs. Um, there's also um, the American Physical Therapy Association. They have a website, the section on women's health, and you can kind of hunt your way through <laughs> their directory and see if someone's in your area. But I really think just searching online is probably your best bet. <laughs> what yeah. triggers where it separates as far as the top or the bottom? Like I was explaining earlier, I feel like mine, if I do have this, I'm really eager to know. I feel like it could be at the top because that's why I feel like it's mm-hmm. more of a pooch that I never had before. Like that that little girl belly I keep talking about. So I'm just wondering, could it have anything to do with how you're carrying your twins or you know how high or low you're carrying them or anything like that? It can't we see the split above and below certainly right at the umbilicus it's a soft spot and you can even see in your own little babies when they were little I don't know if you remembered that they had a little space in their belly and it's the last thing that kind of knits together even embryologically you know even developmentally in little kids and so it's always a soft spot even on us as adults so right at the belly button is where people typically split And then above or below, nobody knows why some people split above or some below. You know, we suspect that it's body mechanics. It's how you hold your breath. It's your everyday lifestyle habits, um, because those are some things that really play a role in whether or not you're going to split. So, yeah, that's part of the education process, too. Right. Oh, awesome. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about some different types of non-surgical treatments and how you can help patients um, deal with DR. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, welcome back. Today, we're talking with Cindy Fury, who helps twin moms recover from diastasis recti without surgery. Can you tell us about um, some of the different treatments that you do in in your office, as well as maybe some exercises that um, they can do at home? Sure. Certainly. The the first thing we do is educate, 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 educate on how to lift, lift with exhalation, Tighten your core, really strengthen those abdominal muscles, but but we teach people how to do something called an abdominal brace, meaning that we get their spine in neutral, we teach them how to contract not just their rectus, but really their other obliques and transverse abdominus muscles, um, and we get them stable in that position and then teach them how to lift their baby or babies. 
How to lift the car seats, how to push the stroller, how to lift the diaper bag, how to get your kids in and out of the car. That's probably the most awkward (laughs) thing ever, right, is getting the kids in and out of the car seat. So we physically take moms out to the car and say, look, this we have to show you how to do this so you don't split further. We even have to teach them things as simple as getting on and off the table. And I think this could be why we see this so often during pregnancy as well. How many times do you go on and off an exam table while you're pregnant? Often, right? Right. And when you're pregnant, doesn't that sweet nurse or medical assistant want to give you a hand, right? They reach out and they say, oh, honey, I'll help you. And they pull you up off the table. Yes. So when they pull you off the table, it's a full rectus abdominis contraction. And if your connective tissue isn't strong enough, it could give. So we teach all of our moms... Wait, wait, wait. It's okay. I can handle this myself. Even though the tables are teeny tiny, (laughs) especially in the OBGYN office, you want to roll onto your side and then push yourself up with your arms. So your legs go down as you push with your arms and you have to get in and out of bed the same way. So we call it log rolling. You lay on your side (laughs) first and then roll onto your back. But that that role is really, really important because if anyone, whether it's your husband, your partner, the nice nurse in the doctor's office, if they pull you off the table, it's a huge contraction. And that's where we see kind of this crowning that occurs. Um, it, it crowns through the abdominal wall and it really stresses it. And um, we see a lot of DR that way. Wow. So, so we should avoid wow. kind of moving or like leaning and crunching. Not I say crunching, but we should yes. avoid this this forward, you know, motion with the yeah. abdominals. Yeah, so if you're laying on your back, you really do want to roll onto your side, bottom line. You don't just want to sit right up mm-hmm. with your abdominal wall. You mm-hmm. don't want to use those muscles. We'd rather have you roll on your side. Wow. I, I never would have thought of something so simple right. as, you know, getting off a, a table would, would make a difference. Yeah. So as far as treatment goes, education goes a long, long way. I mean, that's first and foremost. We can teach women exercises and how to close the diastasis, whether they're pregnant or they're postpartum. It's really important to teach them how to close. And so mechanically, actually, if you do a very forced exhalation, so breathe out every last bit of air you can, your abdominal wall actually does come together. If the fault is that big, three, four, five centimeters we've seen, if the fault is really big, we have women physically hold it together. So we will have them put their hands on their belly and push their abdominal wall back together as they're exhaling so those muscles can learn to shorten again. Because that's the other thing, the abdominal wall, it's just the whole thing is overstretched. So we really want to shorten that. And then we progress them from there. So then we might have them do that and maybe some heel slides. Maybe if their abdominal wall holds, they can now raise their arms overhead. We can progress them to a four-point position. So just on hands and knees. Mm -hmm. And if your babies are there, you put the babies on the floor and you get a good gaze (laughs) at them, right? So we try to incorporate the babies into the exercises to make it easier. Yeah, you got to multitask, right? (laughs) Every second counts. So babies are on the floor. You make that good eye contact. But while you're on all fours, again, you can brace that abdominal wall. You can work on knitting it together mechanically. Um, and then start weight shifting. Okay, can I hold that abdominal wall in that shortened position as I shift forward and shift back? Can I hold it when I raise an arm, when I raise a leg, when I raise one arm and one leg? So we kind of progress in that way. Mm -hmm. And then we progress to other exercises, maybe very girly push-ups, maybe wall (laughs) push-ups, maybe the girl push-ups, and then to more aggressive things like planks. Planks. 
planks. So holding, you're propping yourself up on your elbows and your toes. So it's kind of a modified push-up position. Oh, uh, yes, yes. But it's more intense. And so in crazy workouts, they're holding planks for a minute, for two minutes, for five minutes. We just want you to be able to hold your wall. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's really the difference between going to like a PT who's looking at these nitty gritty mechanics, mm-hmm. making sure things are knitting together, they're approximating, they're holding, and going to a gym with a trainer who's really going to motivate you, but may not know how to check these little things that make that can make a big difference down the road. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I know in, in my experience, I, I have had PT um, for DR. And because uh, we're using a lot of acronyms, <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely, love the letters. Yes, um, and I and I think one of the things that I got so much out of it is it, it seemed like it wasn't so much about we're doing this this rigorous exercise or it's it's strenuous anyway, but so much about just the the, the body consciousness. Sure. And it's about your posture, and it's about the awareness of what am I doing with those muscles right now? Am I kind of just letting it all go and let my belly hang out? Or can I actually actively stand up tall, sit up tall, contract a little bit, do that abdominal brace, and then get through, you know, a series of exercises or just a series of household tasks? Mm-hmm. Um, so the exercises don't necessarily have to be that intense, but they do have to be accurate. You know, someone's got to be picky with you on, on how you do it. And it sounds like you could have a, a number of these exercises that you can incorporate throughout your routine. I mean, twin mom, we are all busy, crazy. And exactly. that, those first few months, you know, after giving birth are just insane. But um, I mean, if you're doing breathing exercises, exactly. you can do that anytime where you're breastfeeding. Exactly. <laughs> as well as your kegels. <laughs> okay, you can squeeze right. those in anywhere, too. Um, so, yeah, well, I'm all about multitasking. So I really do try to incorporate kids in and, and you know, use your time wisely. So, um, yeah, but teaching um, moms the abdominal brace is key. But there are some other things we can do, too. I've had great success with kinesio taping. So I love this tape, and I've been using it on my patients for years and years and years. And that's the fancy tape everyone saw in the Olympics with the volleyball players and all the divers. They had this black tape all over themselves. comes in different colors. <laughs> um, but we use it on moms, and I've used it on moms for a long time because it, um, it gives you a little bit more support. Um, it's not bulky. You can wear it for days. Um, you need to be taught how to put it on because um, postpartum skin can be very sensitive. Mm-hmm. Postpartum skin on twin moms <laughs> can be even more sensitive because the skin has been so stretched. Yes. Right. So the tape is very sticky. It's very adhesive. It's hypoallergenic, but it, there are some techniques to it. So we call it a Band-Aid technique. Um, as you lay it on, um, but then you have to make sure the ends are very free so that it doesn't pull on the skin. But kinesio tape works really well. So one of those studies that I talked about earlier is actually trying to incorporate kinesio tape because we see clinically that it works, um, but we want to prove medically, you know, to mm-hmm. the rest of the world. And that isn't it? Really it I works. mean, I've I haven't used it for for dr. I've used it for other forms, yeah. and I think what I understand it to be, it it sort of helps the the body remember that this is the proper position it's supposed to be in exactly yeah. exactly it would kind of be like um if someone was slumping in a chair and someone came from behind and kind of brushed your back and kind of gave you that huh maybe you should sit up straight it's it could be very light touch but that's what the tape is doing it's light touch but it's all the time so that tape kind of cues those muscles into saying, hey, hello, turn on again. Let's knit this together. Um, plus, it's a really good reminder because you'll kind of you'll get used to it. But if you do something you're not supposed to do, the tape will remind you 
that you're not supposed oh, to be doing yes. this. <laughs> because if if you've if I've taped your abdominal wall and then you just kind of let those muscles sag and hang out and your gut really hangs out, <laughs> well, the tape's going to want to pull you back and it's going to tug on your skin and it's going to remind you, oh no, honey, you should really yeah. stand up straight. <laughs> Stand up straight. <laughs> Stand up straight. Sit up straight. You know. So, so that's a big one. Is kinesio tape is a great, um, a great tool that we have. So education, exercise, kinesio tape are really the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some other products out there. Um, binders, postpartum binders, mm-hmm. and even pregnancy binders. So, yes. Binders are great. So when you're looking for a binder, you first of all you need it to fit. Mm-hmm. It needs to be comfortable. You probably don't want something too bulky because I don't know about you when you were pregnant, but I was my own little personal heater, right? So the more I put on, the hotter I got. And really, at the end of the day, you just rip those things off (laughs) and you just want to get out of them. So binders are great. They can support you during your pregnancy. um, And postpartum, they're great. They can, again, cue you to kind of pull in. Um, with some of the more aggressive binders out there postpartum, um, they're great also because they can help you tighten your tissue. Because if you're wearing a binder all the time, then your your belly can't really hang out. It's not going to tighten your muscles, but it may actually have an effect on your tissue. Hmm, so it really? may help get that elastin to kind of kick back in a little bit. So. I, I can remember reading some stories about some Hollywood stars actually doubling up on their binders to trim their waist postpartum. Like, how do they get back so oh, trim? Oh, interesting. So they may even wear two binders. Now, the flip side of wearing a binder is you get really hot. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes you feel like you can't breathe. Um, they can be bulky. So if you, have to, if you have a job where you're standing up, sitting down, or you're at home with your kids and you're in and out of the car, you're standing up, sitting down, doing laundry, all that stuff. The binders can kind of shift sometimes. So you may have to reposition or you just get so hot, you take it off, right? You throw it <laughs> out. So so that's where a binder doesn't work so well because you're not wearing it. Yeah. So it has to be something comfortable enough that you're going to wear all the time. And if you have a job where you're on your feet all the time, it has to be really comfortable and really supportive. So, you know, you, you really just kind of want to hunt and find the perfect binder. But they can work really well. That no, those are some great points. Now, now earlier you just touched on some some exercises and things to avoid. Um, I know a lot of moms postpartum are really anxious to get back into the gym, and you know get in shape overall. Are there some things that um, they should avoid? You know that were really exacerbate. <laughs> yes, very good question. So. Typically, what we see is that everyone wants to strengthen their core, back to the core, right? We're going to strengthen our core. So we're going to do tons and tons of ab exercises. Any ab exercise can actually be pretty detrimental if you do it wrong. Mm. So, um, and the biggest one is crunches. Crunches are, (laughs) and I know, I know there are moms out there saying, but I've been doing them for years and I love my crunches and I do 150 a day. And, (laughs) uh, but the problem is, again, if you do them incorrectly, um, you're going to wind up making your condition worse. So what you want to look for, you can you can literally go back to how you tested for your DR and palpate that midline. Um, and do you feel kind of a soft spot in between those muscles that gets worse when you raise your head to do that crunch? Or if you physically look down as you're doing your crunch and you see your belly jut out and kind of crown, stop, please stop. 
So stop doing the crunch um, and reorganize because what you should see when you do any abdominal exercise is that your spine actually stays in neutral, but that you can kind of cinch in the sides of your waist. You can approximate the diastasis rectus um, and you can hold that as you lift your head, maybe into that crunch position or as you raise your leg or um, as you do any exercise. So you really, again, want to go back to mechanics and make sure someone checks you. The big thing is, is that if you're doing any ab exercise, your belly should come in. Your belly button should move towards your spine as you're doing the exercise. Mm -hmm. If it bulges out and moves away, um, you're going to make your DR worse. And if you're bulging your abdominal wall, I hate to say it, but you're probably bulging other things too, including your pelvic floor. So crunches and more aggressive abdominal exercises, not great to start right away. Mm -hmm. But again, going back to some of the basics, doing very forced exhalations and just contracting the muscles, Mm -hmm. you can start that immediately postpartum. Oh, that's great to know. So you can start some things pretty quickly. And walking. Walking is a fabulous exercise. Get up and get out there as soon as you can and walk tall. That's the big thing is you want to be as tall I as like you can. <laughs> because walk if you tall. walk tall and it's hard, right? I mean, our breasts are a little bigger. <laughs> we're tired. We're pushing a stroller. We get lower and lower and lower, right? So, but if you walk tall, um, you want to get a good supportive um, jog bra. You really do want to have the support behind you, so to speak, and walk tall as you're pushing those kids in the stroller. Because um, as soon as you stand up straight, your abs automatically come in. So mm. you really do. You want to get on your walking program as soon as you can. I think we make, underestimate walking. Make sure you invest in a double stroller with a high enough handle. <laughs> there you go. Right. So because I know some yeah. of them, I mean, ours are, I, I'm short. So one of ours is pretty good for me and another one's adjustable for my husband. But um, a lot of people end up with one of those like cheaper double strollers, like the double umbrella or like lower end ones. And they're really low they're to the low. ground. Very I good mean, point. So anytime you're walking, you're just kind of hunching Exactly. So it's it's kind of an investment in your health, really, than to splurge on the nicer stroller. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a good and say, and by the way, same thing with breastfeeding, right? Yeah. I mean, most people are trying to bring their breast to the baby, and yes. we really want to get those babies up so that you can sit tall. Um, because again, then it becomes now it's an exercise, right? <laughs> so I know you would just want to go to sleep at that point, but, <laughs> but really, again, multitasking. You can you can kind of pull these exercises in anywhere. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's 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 great. You know, I'm glad. I mean, I I can say I share your your passion for you know helping everyone get educated and get healthy well thanks for joining us today and for more information about recovering from diastasis recti or for more information about any of our speakers or panelists visit our website <laughs> visit our episode page on our website this conversation continues from members of our twin talks club and cindy is going to share with us uh, some of her great success stories um, recovering from dr and for more information about the twin talks club visit our website twintalks.com Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today we have a question about potty training from Allison in Kansas City, Missouri. 
My fraternal girls are two and a half years old now and we just started potty training. One is really excited to be the big girl and the other one could just care less. So how can I motivate both of them to do it together? Hey everybody, it's Natalie Diaz, author of What to Do When You're Having To and founder of Twiniversity and Multiplicity Magazine. So it's potty training time for your twins. Wow, yes, it's a milestone that every parent of multiple looks forward to. Who does not want to get rid of all the diapers in the house? Think of all the storage you're going to have. So it often comes up that one twin is ready and one twin isn't. So you have some options. The first option is let the twin who is ready to start potty training start potty training. You could always have a little bit of peer pressure, let's say, uh, for the twin who isn't quite ready. So go full force, you know, have the, the twin who is totally ready, take her to the store, let her pick out her underwear or his underwear, let them even have a say maybe in, uh, you know, a potty chair if that's something that you want, if you're not going to go right to the toilet bowl. I would actually recommend that people try to go right to the toilet bowl if they can. I don't know, depending on the size of the, of the child when they're starting, but it will be an easier transition to go from a pot, you know, just to go right to the bowl from going from a potty chair to the toilet. You might want to have some reading material ready for them. If they are little poopers that take a long time, grab them. You know, a catalog that just came in the mail from, you know, everything from American Girl to Lego has some really great catalogs. I always kept those on handy when my twins were potty training. And for the one that's not ready, you know, she'll see that the other one is getting so much attention. She'll say, okay, I want to try it too. It's funny how when you start the process, even if you don't think one is ready, how the one will just kind of pick up the pace and start doing what the other twin is doing. So I would say go full force with the one that is ready and wait for the other one to pick up the cues on the twin that is doing it. But I really wouldn't put pressure on the second child. Not everybody really does potty train at the same time. People think about that often. And, and, you know, the average age for boys in the United States are four. So it could actually take a really long time to potty train. And what I mean by that average age is when everybody is full out of like night diapers and everything, not just starting the process. But good luck with your two and a half year old little monkeys. I know that you're going to have ultimate success. Just stay positive. Don't, you know, do anything negative. You could go old school, one M&M for a pee, two M&Ms for a poo. You could keep a chart on the refrigerator as well of kind of like a reward chart. They could work up to something as long as they, you know, do well on the potty. But it's an, just really try your best and try to keep it very positive and don't try to force the one who isn't ready. In her own time, she'll be ready. And I'm sure when she sees her sister going and getting all these great M&Ms and catalogs and stuff, she'll jump right on that ball. So I wish you the best of luck. If you have more questions, you can go to Twiniversity.com. There's actually a ton of resources about potty training and multiples on there. So good luck. Bye-bye. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Don't forget to check our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies, and Parent Savers. It's your parenting resource on the go. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about preparing for a vaginal twin birth. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. 
While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, mamas, don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.